just wanted to talk today about about happiness and health and wealth because I think those things are the things that we really all are interested in and the things that seem to be elusive to us as well. So I wanted to clear some energy around this for myself and for others as well. I wanted to make sure that we all knew exactly what it was that we were after because I think oftentimes what we want and what we think we want can be totally different. And so many times we will change what we're doing or you know, have, have something that we're aiming for that we're doing and then it won't necessarily work exactly how we want it to work and then we think, oh, maybe I didn't want that after all. So learning to find out what it is that you really want and going for it at that time I think what has to come into play first is a definition of what your happiness looks like. So for me, I would think I would like to have, I I love interacting with people and helping people and I also love seeing the light go on in people's eyes, like, you know, sort of, you know, if the head was a car, hitting the car bonnet and the light's going in and they, you know, they're really feeling, oh, wow, you know, this is what I can do with my life. And I think we all need to have those moments where we, you know, we know what we do. But interspersed with those moments has to be the difficulties or the unloading of the old thinking because, you know, where we are now is a product of what we were thinking before. So we have to unlearn, as it were, how we thought before to be able to think differently, to be able to move forward. So in terms of that, I'd like to get clear and help you to be able to be clear on what it is that you want and what health and wealth and happiness look like for you. Now, for me, I think I'm very lucky. My body has always been very strong and, you know, has had the capacity to do many things. So, you know, I have seven children. I birthed them all naturally. I had six of them at home with a midwife, so I'm very fortunate in that way. Yes, I had some morning sickness, but apart from that, I was pretty disgustingly healthy. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful to my body. But I have also abused my body. In some ways, my abuse has been sugar. And so, you know, back before I understood all these things, I would eat Milo out of the can and stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and get all my housework done. Don't talk to me in the morning because then I would be revolting. So I, each of us will have some addiction or something that stops us from really allowing ourselves to be healthy. And healthy and wealthy and happy are all intertwined. So being healthy means not just our physical body being healthy, but it means being uh, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and also, you know, loving ourselves in a way that we will love ourselves into wealth. Because really, our money story is our story about how we feel about ourselves. And, you know, sometimes we can have high moments where we feel really good and we attract the money. But if we don't feel equal to that amount of money, it's almost like we, we give it away. It, it doesn't hang around. It doesn't stay close to us. It's not there for us when we need it. So lifting our vibration so that we are equal to the thing that we are after. Now, having said that, there's a lot to be said for being grateful for being in the moment. And I think for me, the opportunity to work with people really presents that to me the most. You know, it's almost like time stops. I don't care what the time is. While I'm working on that person, I'm just, you know, so engrossed in what we're doing one-on-one. And for me, that's a really fun time. So there will be something that you do that when you're doing it, you are so engrossed in what you're doing that it's almost like time stops. 
and you can just be focused there and functioning and doing what it is that you need to do at that particular point to the exclusion of all else. And so when we get to the point that we can do that, we really know the thing that we love to do. And so then, you know, working out the balance in our life to be able to have some of that time but also to be able to cover the other things that we need to. And so being able to do that with family members too. So sometimes I can, sometimes I really don't want to. So learning for me to be able to focus in a good way between my family and the things that I'm interested in and, you know, doing enough to keep the show running. So if we clear some energy around that. So first chakra comes up. And I think the first chakra really was developed when we were children knowing what our base was, knowing what the rules were in your family, you know, knowing when you could jump on the lounge and when you couldn't, knowing when you could be cheeky and knowing when you couldn't because, you know, every family has rules and sometimes the rules are different if mum's got a headache or if dad's, you know, done shift work, then the rules will change. So knowing what the rules are within your family helps you be able to work out where you fit in and what doesn't get you in trouble. All right, now it also comes here with someone's neck, so C3, so the third vertebra down from the top. All right, now this is reacting to feelings, about 16 of them. All right, also cranial fault here, H15 hiding in the back of that. Someone said to me the other day, we should ban H15. <laughs> H15 comes up for lots of people. And also some generational problem here for Dad. And if we talk about an oil here as well. Okay, so the oil is digestion, so, or a digestive blend. So... That helps us to be able to digest life, digest our experiences that we have and digest the things that we want to do in life and how we're going to attack life. All right, I break down my to-do list into easy bite-sized edible pieces and save the rest for another time and after another process of prioritization. So I guess that's, you know, having a look at what's most important every day and setting aside time to do that. Now, I would have to say I struggle with that. All right, age 16 comes up with this one. And this is also in reaction to sugar. So uh, for a lot of people, I think sugar is a big issue because it, it, affects, it affects how we deal with life. And I guess it's like, you know, any, any drug that we use, you know, whether it's the pity party or whether it's the, you know, some sort of external drug that we take or, you know, just the way that we're thinking that really affects, you know, how we interact with life. So I think when we eat sugar or drink sugar, however it goes, it's like when our blood sugar is high, we, you know, we're almost like a bit manic and we can just get anything done and we go and do it. But then when after it runs out, so our blood sugar drops afterwards, that's when we feel awful and depressed and horrible. It's like learning then to have a little bit more balance. Now, not to say that there aren't highs and lows in life anyway. There always are and there always will be. And the highs are actually necessary because, you know, we have to have the comparison. You know, the the joy or the happy parts are happy in comparison to the rest of our life. And so we have to have this contrast in life to really feel and enjoy true happiness because happiness is comparative to when we were low and depressed and sad, when we can feel happy and actually enjoy and embrace life. It's like, oh yeah, this does feel good. So in a way, sugar robs you of that because it makes you dependent on it and then we keep going in and out of that battle. Now if I say I'm able to have wealth, that doesn't hold and age 20 comes up and fear. And fear is a hard emotion to deal with, isn't it? Like we, 
being scared is is hard. You know, it makes us feel like, oh, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. You know, all the doubt comes up in our mind, the doubt about self, the doubt about our ability to do things, and it can be very paralyzing. But I want you to turn it around. I want you to see the fear is also part of the solution because when you do what you want and you're really following your heart path, you know, your shadow box in your head is really going to object and throw up a lot of fears. So it's almost a confirmation that when this shadow box is going crazy that you really are on the path and it's panicking because it's out of a job. So, you know, observing your fear, don't let them eat you up, just observe them and feel them, have the logical answers there and keep taking each step to move forward is really important. And if you get super stuck, get help. Sometimes I have to get help. Often I get help because that helps me to be able to address the fears and what's behind the fears. Because many times the fears are experiences from our childhood or experiences from previous bad experiences that make us doubt our ability to overcome. So, for example, sometimes it will come back to for people when they were a little kid and they may have wet their pants at school or they, you know, may have vomited or something happened where they couldn't control their body and it made them look bad. And so then we have this every time we're going to be, you know, performing or doing something in public that our body is going to let us down and we're going to look bad or, you know, something will go wrong. And it's almost like we're waiting for that to happen and even encouraging that to happen. So clearing the things from the past is very helpful then to not be hooked into that all the time. And it's an ongoing process. It is part of life. So now third chakra comes up. So I'm able to have wealth is strong now. So that's really good. I'm worthy and deserving of my ideal health. Age 10 comes up and vulnerability. Uh, it's safe for my body to repair. All right, so a little bit of generational stuff here from dad's mum. Okay, and we might use another oil. Okay, so rosemary oil comes up. And rosemary oil is about transition and change. My brow chakra resonates keenly. And so the brow chakra is really where it's like trusting your intuition and what your inner knowledge is telling you. And, you know, often when we were kids or when we were at school, that was shut down because we had to do it the way the teacher wanted us to do it or the way the school wanted us to do it. And there was not the allowance for the intuitive way that we might work. And for some people, that was really damaging because it made them continually doubt themselves and their ability to be happy, their ability to get the work done, the ability to achieve success, the ability to be acknowledged becomes damaged when we are not allowed to learn and to progress in the way that works best for us. And age five comes up here and age eight and 20 and 30. Something more hidden in the genes here on dad's side, dad's mum again. So I claim my health is strong, I claim my wealth is strong, I claim my happiness is not strong. So we can say, you know, money comes to me frequently and easily, so easily doesn't hold. And so we could say too, happiness comes to me frequently and easily and also it doesn't hold for happiness either. Age 18 comes up here and anger. So I think in society being sad or unhappy or depressed or worried is not always socially acceptable but being angry is. So sometimes we will then turn a lot of our emotions to anger and that way you know it's okay to be angry and you know to be 
tell someone off or to drive like a maniac because those things are socially acceptable. There's also a generational problem here related to the anger on dad's side again. Dad's dad. And it goes back about 16 generations, the men. Okay, so I claim my happiness, I claim my wealth. It's okay for me to have all that I desire. Everyone else is okay if I have what I desire. Everyone else is safe if I have what I desire. That's good. All right, now trapped within the soft tissue of someone's neck are some emotions, depression. So you can almost see it, isn't it, like an albatross hanging around somebody's neck and disgust, disgust towards others, probably when they fail to understand us. So let's add in, I'm completely understood, even on my worst day. All right, so a lot of releases there. Releases are kind of like stuff that we just, I don't know if I compare it, like I talk about like we have, a, if we each have this backpack and every time we have a bad experience, it's like we put a rock in the backpack. And so it's like when we go and have an energy clearing session, it's like somebody takes the rocks out of the backpack and we always feel lighter after someone works on you. You may still cry, you may still have to process some of the things that come up, but you definitely feel lighter. And so if if we think about releases being like that, it's like emptying that backpack and you just can leave feeling like, oh, the weight of the world has literally been taken off your shoulders. Another affirmation to go with the rosemary is my central nervous system is toned, my mental clarity and awareness strong, transforming thought into positive action. So many times we have actually decided what we want and where we're going, or at least the direction, if not exactly itemized, but being able to make action or take action to do the little steps that are needed can be where we get stuck. And, you know, often that's where the fear comes in or the doubt or, you know, the self-worth or the disease to please where we want to start keeping everyone else happy before we attend to the things that we need to ourselves, which, of course, is not a good thing to teach, is it, to those around us because otherwise we always put ourselves on hold. So it's like trying to improve our capacity to take care of what we need to do for ourselves as well as taking care of others and doing it in a more balanced manner. So I see the path. It's not strong. Age 26. I follow the path. A lot of false beliefs around that. I stick to the path. Okay, and that's a generational component to that one from mum's side. And also that affects the cranial bones. You know, both boys have this funny saying, they say, oh, if I think about that, it will do my head in. And I think that's quite literal sometimes in the bones in your head don't sit in the right position. We actually have to do cranial adjustments to release the tension that's in your head. Okay, age 15 hides in that. And sometimes our own thinking does our head in. And, you know, the comparison monster can go crazy because we compare our lives to other people and, um, you know, how we think our life should be or how we'd like to look or feel or be accepted. And, you know, that we can go round and round in this negative pattern, which is really rubbish. You know, like I remember when I was young, it was fashionable to have curly hair and my hair was dead straight. So I would wear curlers and do all these things to have the curly hair because I wasn't comfortable with how I was but you know later on straight hair came back in and so that was okay so there will always be fashions or ways of doing things but you know being true to who you are and being who you are will always present your most beautiful self and each of you have this inner beauty that is there and shines and you know we waste a lot of energy trying to be somebody else or to mimic someone else and of course a fake is never as good as a real thing, is it? So you're much better to be the real you than a fake somebody else. Okay, so along the arm, so within the soft tissue of the arm along here is lying some issues. Age 17, 
So experiences and feelings can be trapped within our genes, trapped within our cells, trapped within our muscles, our joints, our tissues, our connective tissue, our bones, our organs, blood vessels, all parts of our body can restore these negative things that we feel about ourselves. And again, I think the writing that we talk about is very important to empty the things that we feel and the negative chat that we get so stuck in. And you know, for me, this has been a big issue. And as I probably mentioned last week, I'm my challenge this week has been to give myself 10 compliments a day. I really didn't understand till I did that how much I criticized myself. Everything that came out about, of my mouth about myself was negative and I never realized that I was doing that until I had to write the good things and it was very hard for me to see the good things. And yet when you talk to other people, they can say, oh no, I can easily say 10 good things about you and they'll go la 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 and rattle them off. And I had a couple of people that did. They wrote things, beautiful things to me. And so, you know, this ability to be able to accept what is good in ourselves and to see the good in ourselves and to work on the good is an important trait to develop. Not everyone will be able to do it instantly and easily, but, you know, just like learning to ride a bike, we just have to keep going and if we fall off, we get back on again and keep trying. All right, so I'm equal... I'm going to do a monetary amount here, but, you know, pick whatever monetary amount you want. But if we just say I'm equal to a million dollars, just for an example, it's like, no. Age 26 comes up, and generational stuff from mum. All right, that's much stronger now. So I'm equal to a million. I'm equal to 10 or 50 or 100 million. That's strong. I'm worthy of it. I accept it. I easily maintain who I am, even if I am wealthy. I easily maintain my health, even if I'm wealthy. All right, there's still something to clear underneath the happiness. Age 15 again. So it's like about 730 feelings trapped in the body relating to happiness. All right, so it's safe to be happy. And, you know, sometimes when we were happy as a little kid, someone came and shot us down or gave us a hard time. So our unconscious mind then assumed that happiness wasn't safe. So it stopped allowing us to feel happy because happy wasn't a safe thing. All right, so on the chest here... On the right side, okay, so layers of the aura come up here, layer four. So layer four is the astral body and it's the interaction and between relationships and our bonds with other people. It's almost like we can be stabbed in the heart by people, isn't it, when they fail to honour us or fail to honour our values or fail to recognise who we are or our struggle or <laughs> encourage us in our struggle. Okay, so another oil comes up here, um, elevation. Elevation is um, joyful blend, so it's like allowing yourself to be lifted up. Okay, I let go of lower vibrational energy, and to me that's when I'm having a pity party. Right, my depressed state is transformed into the feeling of sunshine warming my face and the joy of being alive. A little bit more on the timeline, age 15 again, and depressed. I'm okay without my depression, no. All right, if I ask is there nutrition for the depression, it comes up yes, so... Good fats come up, pepitas. So like a small handful, maybe like 25, 26 pepitas and, you know, twice a day. And, of course, the sugar ties in with the depression too. So, you know, learning to eat good fats, like, you know, your pepitas and your walnuts particularly because they help your brain. And so, you know, when we're feeling depressed, the brain is struggling. So it's not just an emotional thing, it's a physical thing as well. And learning to feed your body and your spirit and your mind with uplifting things. And, you know, just like you might have a spare $10 poked in your wallet 
hidden in case of an emergency or you might do that for your child I want you to have like a a little poem or a saying or a picture or something that's tucked in your wallet your handbag or the back case of your phone that's there for emergencies you know for those times when you're really struggling and when you really find it hard to connect to the happiness that you have felt in the past or the happiness that you can feel now if we allow ourselves because sometimes that depression is so thick and dark it's like we've just had this huge carpet on us with a couple of weights as well. And we feel like we can't shake off that carpet. We can't push the weights off. So I want you to have something there in case of an emergency spiritual supply, as it were. And, you know, whether it's a song or a poem or a scripture or a quote, whatever it is that motivates you and that you know every time you read that or listen or look, that it will drag you out of the abyss that you're in. All right, now this depression also has a generational component on dad's side, dad's dad. All right, now, you know, sometimes I think too with older people and Alzheimer's and um, dementia, you know, there is a dietary component, there's the emotional component, but sometimes I think they don't want to remember the things that are bad. So this is where I think it's very important for us to empty the garbage bin as often as we can, to write the negative, burn it, get rid of it, and then to write in your gratitude journal the things that made you happy that day, the things that you are most grateful for. Even if it's just a really simple thing, the sun was shining today, you know, or that I was awake, I am alive. Maybe as much as you can be grateful for, but, you know, getting into the the air of gratitude and the habit of gratitude is really cleansing and refreshing. And, you know, even though at times we we can't see the good things because the bad things seem to crowd in, sift through it. Find the good because even in the difficult things are the good things. I remember when I was having a very bad patch, I wrote in a Facebook group, you know, and so angry and depressed and, you know, mad and sad that I could kick and punch and hit and run naked down the street. Except I couldn't run naked down the street because I have so many stretch marks, you know, that it's just ridiculous. And um, so out of all of that, some lady wrote to me, you should be a comedian. <laughs> and so, you know, that made me laugh. So even though I was so angry and so terrible, there was still some humor in there and I could grasp hold of that humor and I could still laugh even in the throes of feeling so terrible. There were friends and people around me that heard me and worked with me and often we have people around us, we may not acknowledge them or let them in. So it's always a two-way street. Sometimes we're giving, sometimes we're receiving and being able to be in that, you know, that flow with people is really important because this connection is what makes life worth living and our friends and our family and the people that love us really, yes, they push our buttons but they also can uplift us and understand us. All right, something else in the timeline. Age 37, frustration comes up here. Okay, and some generational stuff from mum. So I claim my happiness, I claim my health, I claim my wealth. Even through times of difficulty or challenge, I still claim all my gifts and I'm worthy of these gifts and that all holds strong. So that's really good. I think that's pretty much it. Get out there, enjoy your health and your happiness and wealth and allow yourself to have an abundant life and see yourself as you really are. Take the blinkers off, the ugly blinkers that we see ourselves with. And I've done it myself, you know, but I'm inviting you with me 
to take them off and to see your own beauty, to see your own good and to see the capacity that you have to make change in your life, in your family's life and the people around you because as you change, the ripple effect goes out and you have no idea the number of people that you will help through that ripple effect over time and throughout space and energy. So, you know, be you, you know, live out, live out loud and strong who you are. All right, I'll say goodbye for now.